let's 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 rock and roll, I guess, as all the white dads would say as they left an Arby's at six fifteen. Wow, Romy. Welcome to your show. Thank you. Well, like just everyone out there on the internet, you know, you've just come off a long hard shift on the 4chan, you're looking to unwind with some faggoty ass trans women. This is motherfucking fakers gamer girls with Puka fucking Zilla and my little buddy Brennan. And like this has been a long time coming and it's also kind of like a redox. We've repackaged essentially an old interview because we're very inept at doing anything over Discord or Skype because we're fake gamer girls. Yeah, I really I really so fake. We don't know I don't don't know what to do. I'm really disappointed in both of you. Yeah, well, see, we brought you here for legitimacy purposes because you're a gamer girl. You've got the cred. I play games, but I also hate games, so... Yeah, I actually want to talk a bit... One of my favourite conversations I had with you recently, because you've been staying at my house this week, because you're down here for so nice. packs nice house. and a bunch of other stuff. There's not a single dish in the sink. It's, like, beautiful. Um, I want to... Do you want to start off with... um? Just tell us why you hate gamers. I would. I, I really enjoyed That's that conversation. A question: Why um, you hate gamers? Look, I hate gamers because one, they smell. Yeah. Um, two, they're really short, and because they're always sitting down. Uh, three, um, they always have their legs spread, and that's not a good look. Um, four, um, you know, like they're. <laughs> leg spread, the gamer spread. Yeah, the gamer spread. Um, everyone, just check where your legs are at right now. My I'm, legs, I just realized I was like, I feel all pent up. I'm spreading them right now. Gosh, if, <laughs> if you're listening to this and your legs are not together, then you and I are not together. So. See, the thing is, you've got to have your legs in the shame zone, <laughs> and they've got to be so tight. <laughs> Yeah, okay. you want to compress those. You, you want to compress it. I, I guess I have like a real problem with gamers because they're often like. Like, I'm incredibly privileged and I know it, but I'm also, like, quite aware of how privileged I am. And often gamers aren't, and they just get really upset about not getting all the things that they want to get out of their little gaming experience. And also, like, we've gotten to a point where there's so many games and there's so many of the same game. And it's, like, every year the next big game is the same big game that came out last year. And it's, like, everyone just complains constantly about every game. Right. Except um, in terms of like AAA, even like games. Minecraft was an indie game, you know. Right, and people yeah. complain about it. Did well, it like, like older people complained about it constantly. Like hipsters would be like, "Ugh, huh, one of those games," and like they're not even gamers. It's like gamer stuff. It's like it's just a source of toxicity. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's just always constant. It's like, it's like almost like the environmental leftist crew. It's like it's always drama. There's always beef that everyone has with each other. Like sports teams, politics. But it's like with games, it's like, dude, it's a game. Do the like, devs of these like big, um, like AAA games on Minecraft or whatever actually listen to the fans or whatever who are they like, listen to the crying. market? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And do people on Twitter and Reddit dictate? Well, an interesting market. thing that happened recently was the Hong Kong. Oh, the um, Blizzard thing. Right. So yeah. Blizzard, yeah, f- right, uh, yeah, basically, like, just ruined someone's career because they were pro-Hong Kong protests, and everyone was like, whoa, and, like, all the all the right-wing China um, gamers were like, free speech, my free speech, you can't do that, and then all the left-wing people were like, yeah, you can't do that, and then 
I think some left wing people on Twitter on the the, the Twitterati mm-hmm. were like, let's turn Hong Mei Lin or Hong. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry, I just can't remember. Hong Mei Lin's from a game called Toho, and I think I just like used that instead. So sure, that's really, okay. Like inappropriate for me to like confuse the two. But um, sorry, I apologize for that. But I yeah. So they were saying let's take this character from Overwatch and say that they are a. Is it Overwatch? It's some one of the games. Wait, the, the game in question? It's one of the games. They were like, let's I take know- this character and make them into a symbol of the Hong Kong protests and like dress mm-hmm. them up and make them into a meme and so that oh, Blizzard will no longer get money from China and unless they could become pro this thing and they'll have to like negotiate oh, with China. Right. And in what way is, is, is China funding Blizzard? Is it- oh, it's oh, not so much. China th- gives a lot of game companies money. Yeah, it's, right. it's just like it's a big market and Blizzard just got really scared because this happened during... um. A live broadcast of a Hearthstone tournament, mm-hmm. in which at the end of the winner of the end of that bracket, who like won some prize money, they um, they ended like their little in- post game interview with like um, they were just saying like pro like liberate Hong Kong, anti um, Chinese sentiment because mm-hmm. they were just referring to the, like obviously the protests that are going in at the moment that is like a real heavy thing and um. Blizzard's immediate reaction was to ban that player from competitive play for a year, strip them of their prize money, and they also fired the two casters that were um, doing the interview with that who person. Hid, who hid under the yeah, table. Yeah, who hid under the table. Yeah. But I just read mm. um, the other day, actually, no, yesterday I was reading it when I was eating it's dinner. It's place, by the way. It's, I like hiding under the table. Oh, me too. But I read that um, Blizzard's kind of like... They've softened a little bit and they've done this weird kind of sidestepping backtrack thing where they're like, Mm -hmm. no, it's not about the liberation of Hong Kong specifically. We just don't believe there should be any political message Mm. in our system and or like in every game is political. Yeah. In our esports things, it should be apolitical. And Mm -hmm. they um, they they um, changed the ban of that player from a year to six months, and they reinstated the prize money that they re- originally confiscated. Yeah, and so I think silly is making like saying you don't want our game space, which is a social space, to be political because then people might actually ask for things to change, mm. and that would make everyone uncomfortable. And it's like, yeah, because you're all in this little bubble of fantasy where you're ignoring all everything that's going on in the world. But it's also just like really the thing that I really took away from it was just it was so ridiculous to see people who are always like, I want my politics out of my gaming to get angry about why did you take the politics out of my gaming (laughs) and also like going back to like an anti-gamer sentiment i just really think that um like the main or like the big consumers of video games are like one of the most entitled consumer bases yeah like they're just like like so many people like i feel like that's one of the reasons why everyone rallied so hard against blizzard wasn't so much for like the political message but they everyone united in their common enemy which is blizzard who keeps doing things wrong air quotes Mm -hmm. in regards to what the consumers feel they are owed like talking back to like the blizzcon when they released diablo as a new mobile game Mm -hmm. and like everyone hates um battle for azeroth the wow thing Mm -hmm. and it's just like they're just so entitled and like i play a fair chunk of blizzard games i'm you know i'm in this zone but i don't feel like they owe me anything i'm like I don't know. But just another outlet for yeah. content that that get that you know, 
Like it's like it's like a team sport cult thing. Like gamers wanted to integrate more with like they wanted to like because the sports fans that they got bullied by growing up were like you know you got to pick a team and you got to support it and like you know like oh you're in team Microsoft or in team Apple oh, and those yeah. companies fully promoted that stuff and so if you promote that I'm on this team thing and you can join this team you can be a part of this group then you have like a a sense of purpose and a sense of belonging to well, that like, space and gamers yeah. lack that. Well, even like you got like your like PlayStation versus Xbox versus PC, or like mm. I guess it boils down more to PC like PC Master Race, bro. Yeah, PC people versus console people. Also, I hate the term PC Master Race. It's so. It's good if you add bra at the end of. Oh, but it's wait, just, wait, it's... I'm not familiar with oh, what well, that well, is. Oh well, well, like people like... who are like hardcore PC gamers refer to themselves as the PC Master Race, right? And it's like that is just so obviously rooted in like Third Reich shenanigans. Oh, because yeah. we're, we're talking master race here, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like, oh my god, you fucking horrible little four chani oh, incels! So sorry for bringing this up. With your <laughs> like cum socks that are stiff as boards, like yeah. it's just like use a that's their bookmark. weapon, by the way. Yeah, no, they use their dried up cum socks as a bookmark in their borrowed copy of Ayn Rand's Atlas Struggle. I thought it was Ayn Rand. Uh, maybe it is Ayn Rand. I try not Iron to Rand? learn too much I about how Iron to Rand, yeah. correctly pronounce A-Y-N-E. bad people. Ayn. 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 Rand. Evil way. Big crock of shit. Um, just to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a bit about your involvement with games? Because I realize we, 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 we've talked about some really good stuff, but haven't really introduced you as in who you are and what you do. Well, um, I was, uh, in 2012, um, I was on my computer and I was, you know, reading as you do. And um, it, it, I got this, um, it all like, all my programs started to close and I found out I was being hacked. And the hacker was like, you have to make me uh, a game or I'll take everything that you love from this life. And I was like, oh no, that sucks. And then I couldn't make a game, so I lost everything. And then I had to work myself back up again and I started making games so that would never happen to me again. Um, and now I'm a powerful game maker and no one can hack me. Wow. Because you've got games out the wazoo. Yeah, can't hack me. Wow. Can't. Are you sure that wasn't your partner, Shell, like trying to like motivate you? It to... probably was. She she has some she has some dark tendencies mm. in there. A bit on. of a, a grey hat. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean, grey hat? Isn't grey hat like, because it's like there's black hat hackers, white hat hackers, and apparently grey hat is just true neutral. Sounds like magic. There's like black magic, white magic, gray magic, and green true. magic. And yeah, true neutral. True neutral. Chaotic neutral is what she is, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's a coder, right? She teaches at She used to university. teach. Now she's working at a um, uh, questionable um, uh, place of work uh, because... Oh, private. Uh, well, it, it makes she makes a lot of money. It's not my story to tell. But, yeah, um, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. like, you got to... Gotta live, gotta live. But um, but like it's game related, but it's like um, you know, it's much of what this country makes money out of is coal mm. and gambling, and it's mm. it's it's Ooh. in the Candy Crush, kind of like that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry to interject, but I just read a thing that apparently there's going to be a new Silent Hill game, but it's only going to be at casinos. That's great. I can't oh wait. yes, of course, the pachinko yeah. machines. That's been around for for ages. Yeah. Um. That's that, isn't that the thing with Konami? They just like got a, yeah. Took all their, if you don't like, know what to do, with something you made a pachinko. 
Pretty much. Well, they're probably making more money um, from does that. Does someone want to explain a pachinko for people who don't know? I don't know what a pachinko uh, is. Uh, I, I just think I, it sounds funny. If I tried to describe it, it would come out wrong. And also Japan is very, racist. Japan is very different, like, gambling laws. So True. they get around it by making these, like, um, kind of, you know, like, arcade-ish. Like, yeah. Things. So you don't necessarily yeah. put in... It, has money? it got, like, slightly more skill-based to it? Or is it Shell's the one you should ask about this. Yeah. She knows everything about it. Well, we'll we'll get Shell we'll, on yeah, the show. We'll, we'll get yeah. That's we'll why I was trying to introduce in. her. But but yeah, um, because you've been working. Sorry to shift it back a bit. Working on a game, Kirsten. Mm-hmm. And um, I always pronounce it wrong, and no, I love this it? game. No, no, the other one. Um, oh, oh, Gawlies. Gawlies. Yeah, or Gawlies or Gawlies. Yeah, yeah, I. You're meant to say it however you want oh. to. I love goalies. That's nice. Um, Puka the other night um, sat me down in um, my living room and because I could, I wasn't very good at it. I think I was just like I was terrible at goalies because yeah. I played goalies. So, cause, so I haven't played Kirsten because I don't really have a working PC. I have like a Mac. Oh yeah, no, it does. It does work on Mac. I put a Mac build. Kirsten. Yeah. I swear, I tried to download it and didn't. I think there's work. a Mac build. Yeah, there's a Mac and Linux build for Kirsten. Cool. But yeah, well, um, Puka be ran me through goalies. I got to see the whole world. And oh really? The art's phenomenal. You made that in like you said you made it in like twenty four hours. Yeah, I've always wanted to make like a pixel, just pure pixel based screen game, and I had this event happen where my cat did something beyond forgiveness by my partner, um, who my partner was had a few grievances with my cat, who was not the most well trained and killed a lot of animals mm-hmm. and birds and things, and it was quite upsetting for her because she's a vegan, and she was. Uh, getting this bug that she found in the garden that had been sprayed by insecticide and she was healing it back together. And my cat, Roshan, um, uh, points to those who get the reference. Um, we're friends now. Haha, <laughs> suck it. Um, Sean Murphy? Roshan is a character from... Oh, well, I'm not going to say it because I want people to, to put the effort in. But anyway. Yeah, so I have a bit of mystery. A bit so, of mystery. Yeah. yeah, so my cat, Roshan, was in the back room, which is where he go- was going, which is where he slept at the time. And he... We couldn't find the bug the next day. And I can't, like, bugs, uh, cats don't eat bugs. Like, cats don't eat caterpillars. They don't do that. But we couldn't find the caterpillar, and my cat is weird. So it was like, there was no other alternative. And so it was a big caterpillar. We're talking, like, about the size of your finger, like, bigger than your finger. Like, it was like, Mm. yeah, it was Does that turn into a butterfly? Yeah, it was going to turn into a great, a giant moth. It was like a really special kind of caterpillar. That's such a Sydney thing, right? Like a giant insect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sydney's, like, as as an original Sydney person, it's just, like, the cockroaches especially, you you don't see it here. The the bugs in Melbourne are little buddies. I mean, I'm married one, so I know what it's like, yeah. 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 Cockroach girl. She's Sorry. actually like shark, a bug. Well, I call her bug. She's that's my pet name for her. I call her bug. That's quite sweet. Um, so, because there was a lot of um, emotional stuff going on there, I was like, I and she was like asking me to change with the cat in a lot of ways that I was just like, at that time in my life, I wasn't ready for. Because um, I was quite unstable, so I asked a friend if she could look after him for me, and she's my cat's still there with her now. I'm about when I go back to Melbourne after this, I'm going to be getting everything I need because we've moved house and we have a good environment for him to be in and I'm going to be getting everything I need to have him back and I'm actually like counting down the days until I can get my cat back but you know this was like last year and I was like okay let's rehome him for a bit and so I just felt like a failed parent and I felt like a like a a bad partner and I felt like just an absolute failure and so I made this game where this other this character this dog which is actually a boy in the lore of the world um I think kind of like 
Jake from Adventure Time kind of character, oh, yeah, but yeah. like sad, very mm-hmm. sad. So it says the game starts as what a beautiful day, and um, the idea is that you you're at the front door of your house, and the idea is that it's just subtly implied that you've been sleeping for a really long time because the bug says, "Oh, you're finally awake." And like you've been depressed for so long, but now you're awake and you wake up into this like this place that you've left your friends from your hometown and you moved here with your partner who's this bug. And the bug is like, oh, my God, you've been asleep for so long and I really need some essence. Can you Mm -hmm. go get some, dude? Like I've been here for days and I've been lonely. And you're like, okay, I'll go get the essence. And then you kind of like have to explore the environment around you through different um zones every zone has artifacts that are interwoven from my life story and my personal being and then detached from me and dissociated and then reappropriated into like a recontextualized into a new form that is like my way of therapy and healing so there is a lot of stuff in there that's like similar like that's connected to me but also like so far from it there's one thing that i really loved which was the first thing like you can die a lot in the game the first thing you do is when you go up north or you can go south down to the pier Um, but if you go up north you go into this like poison toxic zone and i purposefully made the color differentiation quite subtle between the two yeah i had a lot of trouble in that space yeah yeah, when you're running through and suddenly you you, like die die yeah but you have to look really closely because like i use different types of um block pixel um I can't remember what the word is because my brain is fuzzy. That's all good, though. But um, there's pollen ones. So if you t- if you walk into the pollen, you suffocate and you die on the pollen. So you have to navigate quite carefully around. But if you find this like kind of creature character, looks like a tree stump, you talk to them and then you can go inside them and then they invite you to walk inside of them. Then you can go into their body. Can I just say, um, I'd love the design on that tree stump character. <laughs> that is actually probably my, the highlight of the game for me. Cause it just, really? Yeah, well, like, you know, it, it just is a little bit like... Like a Game Boy version of Dark Souls is, yeah. the, is, is, is the visuals I get from it. That's nice. Thank you. It's got, it's, yeah, true. Yeah. It, it's just it's got that kind of like withered, humany tree. It's just like I'm such a sucker for that stuff. Like I'm <laughs> just a sucker for that stuff. And I, yeah, sorry. Just want to jump in and say that's that. So nice. I love that Thank bit. Um, yeah. So like you go into them and they're like an old version of a friend that you used to know or something that they're a manifestation of your subconscious and you go deep into them and you explore the whole environment and stuff and eventually you find an old journal of mine from my DeviantArt from 2008, I think. Oh, that's a deep cut. Yeah, Mm. and it was like, I wanted to put something in there that was personal to me and I was like, what if I, I think I was actually just happened to, I was like, what about DeviantArt or something? And I went there and I looked at my journals and I just, I just cringed so hard inside of myself and I was like, I can't believe I was this person. I can't believe I wrote this. And I was like, oh, It'd be really funny if I put this in there, but also that's so embarrassing. And I was like, okay. But then like, it's got like, you read the journal, but then you also read the Gawley's response to the journal, which is just yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to leave this here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's like, that's a fun Easter egg. That's cool. Oh, yeah. DeviantArt was such a time. I was yeah. a DeviantArt poet for a oh. long time. I was a teenager, teenager. And um, how did I not know this? Because, because it's dark, dark history. We've wow. been close, very, very good friends for a while, and I got to keep some secrets. Otherwise, if you know everything about you me, I become a boring. Art stage. Yeah, as if you didn't as well, Brennan. Mm, 
Yeah, I guess so. I didn't I, post on it. True. I was probably looking up pictures of like dragon fairies or something. Um, wow. And Gawlies as nice. well, you're telling me is um, it's a trilogy that you've been working on. It is. I find it really hard to find time to do everything that I want to do, but Gawlies is a part of a three game trilogy where it's going to be in a different engine in each game. And there's going to be Gawlies Peace, which is the first one, and then Gawlies Quest which is the second one. And then I think Gawley's Return or something like that, which is the third one. But I also want it to be something that can be played in reverse as well as mm -hmm. in, in order of it coming out. Sure. Um, and I have this whole story written out. I have all the frames written out for all the different levels. And I just need to find the time in my life to do it. I'm currently in a in-between spot where I need to find a project that actually earns me money. Yeah, true. <laughs> I guess that's the thing, yeah, because it's like we all like do a lot of creative stuff, but it's like that shift between wanting to do something because you're really passionate about it but it may not mm. pay well or you may want to release it for free because you want everyone to experience it yeah it's like it's a hard balance but um you know um hopefully you get time soon because i've loved especially the one that you said that's going to be made with bitsy no that one was bitsy oh that one is the next bitsy. one i think I'd... oh so i can play uh, goalies hope on my um goalies yeah goalies peace peace sorry on my um, um game what, is, no, no. what so, is bitsy bitsy is an online game maker um tool it's anyone can use it it's right. like it's like um kind of like have you ever made harmer beads like no harmer beads are like the most entry-level craft thing you can do which is like you get these little like colorful beads and you put them on a little pegboard and then you put a piece of baking paper on it and then you take an iron and you like flatten it and make oh, a little necklace and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, that, that, it's yeah. that level of game making. Like anyone can do it. Right. Like, you mm. go to this website. It's called Bitsy, B-I-T-S-Y. Mm -hmm. And then you can just look up YouTube tutorials like for five minutes, 10 minutes, you'll get it. Like you just get it. It's so easy. Was this the one as well that you can export it as a Game Boy? No. So there's another one that came out a few months ago called Game Boy Game Maker, which mm -hmm. you can, you download it as a program. It's for Mac and PC. Um, and you can make your own Game Boy game, like old mm. school Game Boy game, and you can actually export it as a Game Boy game and put it onto a cartridge and play it on a Game Boy. That's sick. Whoa, I love that. Gorgeous. Or an Android. You can play it on anything that Whoa. supports Game Boy games. That's great. That's cool. Like you can even put it onto an old cartridge that runs like those old like cheat cartridges or whatever they. Yeah. Were. Well, like how like a lot of like Game Boy models will like make their own like little cartridge that is just like you flick it on and it's just like their name yeah and that's it and yeah. that's like their little like almost like a a cute business card yeah it's something i've wanted for like my like my entire life like so it's something that i i do i can't decide if i want it to be its own project or if i want to include it in the goalies thing because it mm -hmm. yeah it came out after i'd started planning the goalies thing because i really wanted it to go in sort of a sam and max direction for one of them Oh yeah, you're telling me that like a, mm. a point-and-click adventure. But also, oh, it could so be um, like uh, maybe an exploration of like the evolution of like like software because Bitsy is very old school. It's like I think it's eight bit or six bit or something. Mm -hmm. mm. And then um, Game Boy games were sort of like the next one. So, or I don't know. I'm still because like Sam and Max era was before Game Boy came out. Mm -hmm. So that's maybe right. That yeah, would be the second one, and then. But um, I'm I'm still I'm still figuring that out. At the moment, I'm focusing on custom, and I'm also trying to stay focused on that and not jump around as my ADHD demands of me. True. No, for real. So, um, so with custom, were you planning on um, starting like a GoFundMe or some a kind Kickstarter. of Kickstarter? Yeah. Right. Do you want to give us a, just a bit of a like a primer of what custom is? I would love to. Custom is. 
uh, ooh, spooky game where you have been um, lured. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's like Goosebumps in a way. It's, you've been lured into a different afterlife. You thought you were going to heaven. You were following the bright light after death. And, and you were greeted by an angelic presence who turned in, into a demon and then takes you to custom and then dumps you there and then says, haha, you pathetic trash baby. Like you thought you were going to go to heaven. Wow. <laughs> you're such an idiot. <laughs> like, and then you're just, and then you're there and then you have to either find a way out or you have to make peace with the fact that you're in the custom in the labyrinth. So a little bit of purgatory. A little it's bit like, of it's a purgatory. Dante's yeah. Inferno. Very Dante's Inferno, but you can get out. Right. There is a mm. way to get out. But the way to not get out is to accept your fate and, well, you Make so like peace. there's four. There's like you can you you come across other characters in there, and they're all monsters. And there's um, interaction between monsters and people you meet, and the paintings on the walls, and there's puzzles. So like mist-like puzzles. And um, you, when you do interact with someone, you can either attack them, talk to them, beg them, or run. And you also have an inventory as well. So there's these like disparate, very simplified game elements to it which i have been tr struggling to balance because too many game elements makes a video game if you know what i mean like i'm trying to make like sort of like an artistic engaging experience that p gamers can engage with that makes sense to them but um because I, I my whole like my whole goal since i was like a teen going to art class was learning about like these like very pretentious artists and then like kind of wanting to make a bridge between my generation and my culture and this great art that is out there and exists and I've sort of like punished myself with like an intense amount of art history and art theory which I've grown to love as an mm -hmm. adult and mm -hmm. someone with a brain but I do understand that I still relate to people who just see it and don't get it and they just go like, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, that's, I understand. Like, I get it. But also I love what it is and I understand it. So I'm trying to find a way to connect them, those two spaces. And so with these mechanics, it's like, do I make them into a fun game experience or do I make them janky and broken? And then will gamers still play it if it's janky and broken? Um, it's a bit of a conundrum for me. Yeah, mm. so it's sort of like, kind of like, you're like you're taking the medium and you're you're inverting it a little bit, mm. or like you. It's like um, when you were um, Puka showed me some like art games recently where it was like mm. there's no set goal or like it's a bit harder to determine. Yeah, it's just more like you've been placed in a world and your job is just to explore it for what it is. Do you remember right. the name? Um, I can't remember the name of that game. It's called Oneric Gardens. O N E R I C gardens by lilith megiddo who's an american game dev or artist really and she's trans and um quite poor so if you're into supporting um poor trans artists she's the one and me too obviously but like she's good too i can vouch the game was immensely enjoyable really and inspiring what's yeah. the aesthetic like oh it, 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 <laughs> try and explain that one okay yeah. i want to know a game that's it's like really, broken and hard oh, to play but, but the thing so is like the, the it's it's hard to describe yeah because like for me like i guess if i was to like if i had to describe it it was kind of like if you got mist and doom 
like right the, yeah see, the like, exploration your to that is like wait what what <laughs> it, it, it's like there's ex- no killing there yeah there's no killing it's like yeah. exploring a world like you would with mist but mm-hmm. it's similar assets to what you see in doom right okay. but at the same time it also reminded me a little bit of like um bits and pieces of like a playstation one era game mm-hmm. graphically and it's like it's like a zine. I feel yeah. like it was an art zine. It's kind of like game. a zine. Or it's like it has more in common with an art installation than it, yeah, does, it does with a game. But the thing is, the installation's virtual. Mm. Right. Which is very rare, I think, because a lot of artists are very intimidated by technology and the learning curve of making yeah. games, which is valid. Like, I was in high school, not high school, uni, in my third year, and I was 20. Seven and I was just like, Shell, my partner was like, you should make games, and I was like, I can't do that. That's impossible. She's like, No, it's not impossible. Like, you could do it. And I was like, Really? And then she taught me over like a very long period of time. Mm. But having learned it all, I do see why they would be so apprehensive. I just wish they taught it at a university level. It's something that I'm like, Yeah, no, every totally. so often mm. I think I'm like, Should I just like pressure them into letting me teach it at their school? Like, I mean, you've got a pretty decent repertoire. Um. I was going to say something else about, um, sorry, I forgot the name. I'm really hungover today. Um, <laughs> the the Garden game. Uh, Oneric Gardens. Oneric Gardens. Um, I love me either. It has like, like the, my like weird reference points for that is that it was like kind of a little bit like if anyone listening or anyone here has played that game, um, The Beginner's Guide. The Beginner's Guide right. is the beginner's game for these things and yeah. yes it is like that there's so many more um, though yeah but this was like the first one that i got turned on to because i was just like a disgusting steam gamer it's Same. made by the people that did the stanley parable <laughs> mm-hmm. i want to say okay and, yeah. um, they were at pax this year true they did the closing note like, well it was kind of like the beginner's guide but without the pompous narration yes it's yeah without the level of meta joke stuff yeah going on. Mm. The, the kind of uh rick and morty yeah, it's, it's kind of like taking a like a, a stroll through like I don't know like a hidden folder on someone's computer, mm. like just seeing the stuff that they've made that may oh, not yeah. necessarily make sense. But that's what I really right. love about games like that is it's just you you get to see like a really inverted or different view. And I'm really used to like a lot of very polished, very like very linear games. Like when I first played this game, I didn't even stop to look around the first room I was in. I walked straight ahead, being like, mm-hmm. "What's the goal?" Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm more, yeah, I'm interested in this concept of just more, like, games that you experience for what they are. Right, yeah. And, and like, what they look like, what they feel like, what they make you think of. And it's really personal to the developer. Yeah, it becomes, like, a collaboration between the consumer and the developer. Mm. Right, which is so nice. It's, like, gory is what you're saying. You're putting in your DeviantArt thing kind yeah. of secrets yeah. it's so like libidinal and like personal yeah it's because that that medium is so limited that i like was able to be more re- expressive with it than i am with unity because i get really ambitious and the more mm. that's restricted of me the more i'm forced to be creative and it's something that i really struggle with because i don't want to restrict myself but like an example is in custom i made it all using this thing called fungus which was a unity asset Mm -hmm. that was mostly for dialogue but i ended up using it for combat and Mm -hmm. for items and Mm. for stats and for um uh like just logistics that were happening in the game like i had this system uh had these metrics called grief and and um not friendship but something like friendship um 
oh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like nice kindness. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you make a friend yeah. with someone, it was like, you've got plus one this thing. I never let the player see the stats, but I did record them. And it was awful because in order to make it work, I actually had to load the stats. Every single time there was an interaction with someone, I had to load the stats from the previous interaction. Mm-hmm. And it was so janky because you're not meant to do that. You're meant to save it to a central place and then keep it there and then maybe load it from that central place but i had to somehow get it to record mm-hmm. and then pass over every single time but then so it actually made it impossible for me to have a double interaction with someone right and that meant every interaction was a one-off and that gave me a limitation there but then it was like every time there was a sound every time there was an animation mm-hmm. i had to put in a wait timer and then play it and then time it on my thing to get the exact amount of seconds like like milliseconds mm. to figure out how long that would take and then play the animation without anything happening and then move on and then um yeah like random number generators for combat and then like an effect and an animation it was all recorded in this like janky as fuck way forced me to be really creative with it which is good for a demo and as an artist like you know figuring that stuff out and now after the kickstarter if we get funding i'll like just be asking shell to like help me create those systems on their own which is what you're meant to do in unity right Um, yeah does that does that like make the actual file of the game like larger if you're like Uh, copying and pasting like yeah that did yeah like that did kind of because fungus was a bloated software um that couldn't the reason why the project actually stopped where it stopped was because we couldn't serialize the um files that fungus was interacting with which Mm -hmm. meant that it couldn't save so even though we could save in the registry, it was actually creating an exact copy of the entire game file at mm-hmm. the size of the program, which was like about 200 megabytes. And my, I'm kind of like a little bit obsessed with optimization. Mm-hmm. So like, it's mm-hmm. like, it can't, I don't want to fill someone's computer. I'm always trying to think of that person who says, I can't run this on my laptop. Mm-hmm. I can't run this on my thing because it's not made for this because I bought it from Bing Lee or something. And I right. bought it for like $600 for uni. And I'm like, I'm always trying to make it so that it will run mm-hmm. for that person. I personally love that. I like some of the most favorite games I've played recently have been the small ones that are built to run on anything. Yeah. Like just for example, like back in the day, like Terraria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loved Terraria and loved that you could play it on anything yeah. that it was just built for that. Like any games that are under a gig that have like, that just focus more on like, making a great world or having like a great mechanic in it. Papers, please. Mm-hmm. Another really great rung it on anything game. Yeah. I was, uh, sorry. No, I told you. Um, I had an, ex- I had an opportunity this year to make something, um, that didn't need that because it was being made for, um, an event called delete GDC and, mm-hmm. uh, at, at GDC in, in America, which happens once a year. And it was like um, you it's have a gaming to, convention. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like the world's biggest gaming convention. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, because yeah. it is in America and it does True. it's quite restrictive. Right. And we couldn't afford to go, but we got asked to make something for this event called Delete GDC, which is mm-hmm. where you make a game, people play it at the party, and then the whole thing gets deleted. Right. And so we made this game called Nessinopolis over three days, and the name was came from Shell's a Shell a dream Shell had, which is actually where a lot of our games come from, like, mm-hmm. and ideas, like, it'll start with a dream of hers. And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. What if we do this? And, um... You guys are very whimsical. I know, it's she's, gorgeous. She yeah. likes to downplay how creative she is, but she's actually, like, almost more creative than me. It's scary sometimes. I'm, like, get a little bit jealous because I'm like, wow, you're actually just, like, so brilliant in your creativity. Um, but she doesn't really believe it. Um, 
but yeah, Nestinopolis is is comes from the Greek word nop like nopolis like city, mm. and also necro- necropolis, and she was um, uh, like saying how she had this dream where it was like called City of No One, and Nesu means no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually her thing was Nisinopolis, and I looked it up the these two words and yeah. I was like actually these are real words that mean something called Nestinopolis which is city of no one and we were making this floating city mm. and for me it was very inspired by um, the ending part of Evangelion where they have to live on a floating plane that goes above the planet so they kind of go down onto earth Yeah, and I was thinking I was very wrapped up and I still am emotionally wrapped up in like the state of the world and where we're all going and like our consumerism and like the toll it's having and like where does that end up like at what point do we just use everything and we become completely like we destroy ourselves essentially and i just wanted to express that in this game where you are inside a orb and you have a view hole like a porthole and you can move around and stuff and you have to collect these relics of humanity and so we had a statue like a goddard statue we had a chocolate box and like a love heart chocolate box and then we had a a mask a blue mask and then we had a um um uh a few other things but then at the it was all like sort of like there was it was all floating and there was clouds around but then as you played the game Mm -hmm. the event went for three hours yeah and as you played the game bits of the whole thing would break off slowly so was it like deleting itself? Yeah. So from in real the, time. Yeah. So from the edges, it would break off, and you could go to the edge and watch it crunch off, mm. like in chunks, Ooh. and then like smash away and stuff. And so you had to get these all of these items from the entire like floating island you were on before it all broke away. Mm-hmm. And in the center of it all was this giant tower that was made out of apartment blocks and shops and had. Um, advertisement signs floating around its center like a like a hemisphere mm-hmm. and the very top of that was this giant red blood leaf flower mm-hmm. and at the very top of that was a little townhouse like you would see in in the city true and like in this area mm. and above that was a blue rose which for me was just a little like nod to david lynch's use of the term blue rose as um something that shouldn't exist Right. Like, um, I was totally thinking about, yeah, Lynch when you mentioned, um, Shell's dreams and like, yeah, you know, yeah. manifesting these like I- ideas and creativity from like, yeah, like, subconscious. So, this game's gone for good now. This game is gone for good now. We recorded it, and then actually, what happened was the recording didn't work because it kept crashing. So, we did have sure. a separate event for it because it was too good to not to let it go. So, we did record a single playthrough of it and then deleted it. Mm-hmm. And I have the video footage of it at home and i just need to put music to it which i'm working i've got music from neotenemy and from a few other people online musicians how did that i want some from you actually yeah i would love to um heard it here first collaboration is in our midst um but how did that feel like to work on somewhere like that and then like delete it like it was it was great because we did it in three days but it was also so hard to let it go. Cause... Yeah, because it sounds really amazing. Like, it's hard to, like, work on something for that long and then yeah. just mm. release it in a way. It's like if we were to, like, record an album, play mm. it once, and then delete it. Yeah, it was genuinely good strange, game, too. Yeah. That's what was hard about it. It was genuinely, like, a good 
cool concept that I'm like, like I was like, oh, do I want to break this thing? And I was like, no, this is the exercise. We're doing the exercise. Like, that's, like the yeah. artwork is the video. Well, that's like, the thing. Like having a video yeah, totally. is like it's not completely gone. You've just kind of skewed how the viewer interacts with it now. Yeah, yeah. just recorded the, the doc- you documented I, the performance. I wanted yeah. the whole idea for me was that people get to play this once at this event and that is how we handle our last moments alive Mm. and i wanted Mm. that to be the artwork not the game but the artwork to be this like observatory experience of watching how these random people played the last moments of human humanity and what did they do and where did they go and how did they interact with it and that for me was something that i felt like i wanted to express like just I just, I don't know, felt important to me to, like, get that out. And also kind of mildly funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny, yeah. I, I like know. that, though, because it, like, posters in there and stuff. really intersects with, like, performance art yeah. and the idea of also, like, time-based art. Yeah. And just, like, which is interesting because, like, if you think about, like, games, when, when are you ever going to think about, like, the combination of games and performance right, art? Yeah. Or, 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 like, temporary art? Because the thing about, like, games that I come across really is just, like, they're just so there. Mm. They're just, it becomes like digital trash mm. that clutters up your hard drive. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure like if you're a gamer, you at some point, you know, you've had to go through and delete a bunch of junk that's slowing down your computer. Mm-hmm. I think there's also different types of gamers and they all occur at different types at different times in people's lives. Like True. when I was younger, I would play a lot of art games on my own just because I was learning and I was absorbing and I would collect them around and I played AAA games. And I would collect lower games, but I would also collect, like, interesting ones. And I think younger people in their teens do that on their own more. But, like, now that I'm older, it's like it does. I have a lot. It's trash, and I need to clear it out now. Yeah. Mm. It's like, what am I... I'm not going to play it on my own. I'm going to share it with someone. I'm going to show it to someone. Totally. Like I shared it with you the other Mm -hmm. night. I was talking a lot um, with some friends. It was actually about music, but it kind of correlates last night. We are talking about how, like, as, like, a teen you're so much into sourcing out material and being a curator of tastes. And like, then you just get sort of desensitized Mm, to experiences as you get older. And you've, I find that you, I, I, I'm I'm not as like actively sourcing out new things like I used to. I'm not as hungry for it. And it's just like, I miss that. I miss that excitement of wanting to find the new weird thing. And then like try and keep on like the edge of where things are moving. Not like, you know, a mile or mile back just like <laughs> lazily walking through like faux AAA indie titles yeah and like mm-hmm. just dealing with a bunch of hype bullshit for well, stuff that no one's gonna remember in a few months there's so much now there's too much we're living in like the like what's it called the like they had that technology thing where it's like the uh, event horizon of it all of like yeah. content creation in the feed like i have a little bit of like um, I'm a little bit critical of like like Inktober now because I think that people are turning months into content generation uh, exercises where they go like this month is this theme and you have to create content in this theme and then the feed just becomes flooded with that specific mm-hmm. thing and it's cool that people are picking up hobbies and pushing themselves and trying things out I love that but it's this aspect of it where you have to share it on social media. You have to get more followers for it. You have to you have to retweet it. You have mm. to get the hashtag. Oh, it's all about specific hashtagging. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's rigid and oddly feels uncreative. 
Yeah, well, like people's ideas are creative, but like your feed is now full of free content. Yeah. And these artists aren't getting paid, they're getting followers if they're lucky. Well, that's the th isn't it like, sorry to interject there, but it's like the um, that classic trade-off that we see now in regards to like people getting currency for their work, you get the exposure through followers and like use yeah. the number of followers to then prove your legitimacy in bigger and bigger fields. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which like is funding and stuff. Yeah, which is like whack because like it kind of takes away like a sense of creativity or uniqueness mm. that would justify getting funding it's true it's like uh, i don't you know have it, to it be frustrates me. you have to know people and you have to be well known you can't just have a random following online it does help though yeah i'm mm. really like i'm upset because there's no funding right now in new south wales and there's a bunch of funding down here but you have to be a resident yeah down here and it's like i'm not but i could and i have like I have, a, I have more of a following online than most other indie dev artists down here and up in Sydney as well, which I'm really, like, happy for and proud of only just because it's, like, it's, like, a small thing. Like, I don't get funding. Like, I don't get money. So the only thing that I have to fall back on is the fact that I know that people like what I do. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, my condolence condolence prize i mm -hmm. guess in a way you know no totally yeah got five minutes i'm gonna need questions one more question i was just gonna say as like a final question mm -hmm. give us one game came out recently not your own that you'd recommend for people to have recently a look at. um oh man there's heaps i retweet them all the time if you want to see games that i'm constantly telling people to go play go follow me on twitter because i retweet so many things oh yeah give us um your twitter and your patreon as well let's do a little plug that's right yeah my twitter is at pukapu which might change one day but at the moment it's at p-e-w-k-a-p-e-w and then my Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash research, which is G-L-A-M-O-W-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H. And if you want to get all of my games from there, you just pay $5 a month. You can also just support me on there for like $1 a month. It's pretty cool. That actually like goes a long way for me, all the stuff that I go on there. It's kind of like my only income right now because I don't have Centrelink. I do not get Centrelink. I don't get anything except Patreon. Um... A game that I would recommend people to play right now is by this, just like, oddly enough, not a trans woman. Um, <gasps> what? His name is Tyler Sweetansky, and his at Twitter is just a dog underscore ski, so underscore S-K-I. Um, and he may is in, like, exploring visual art aesthetics with Unity games, and he made a game called... Um, I think it's, yeah, Caged Bird Don't Fly. I can't seem to get it to load. Can I get that to load? Um, and Pukas on her iPad. Yes, I am. Um, it's, yeah, called Caged Bird Don't Fly, and you can download it basically for free. Cool. And um, you have so many more than that to recommend, though. Well, oh, my God. You all have your homework to play <laughs> that game and then follow Puka, get some more games. Um. Thank you so much for making some time to come hang out with us. Oh, no, the other game that I would recommend is Bomb Dolls by Girl Software. No problem. And props. that is a three-player game where you drive a car in the desert from a dust storm <laughs> and you interact with eyeballs that shoot you and you have to survive with your friends. Cool. That sounds dope. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Oh, thanks. This has been really fun. I've enjoyed this a lot. Um, Thank you. Oh. You can find me slash the show on Twitter at... Fakers Gamer Gals, G A L S. And my Twitter is at B J O L V R. 
And um, we're in season two of Fakers Gamer Girls now, so we're going to be a bit more up to date, record a bit more. Um, thanks sure for sticking will. around. Yup. And yeah, I don't know, keep it tight, keep it loose, whatever you want. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.